0: This is from the Word of God, and this is the same text that we have been going over. We're going over our fourth section of the Lord's Prayer. This, then, is how you should pray. Let's read it together. One, two, three. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. We get to, I would say, our favorite Part of prayer This is why many, many people actually pray in the first place Why? We pray for stuff This is what we call, uh, in the technical terms, petition Where you come in front of God and you ask Him This is what I need, and this is what I'm asking for And this is why a lot of people pray Okay. However, Jesus, as you can see, doesn't start right off with Give us today our daily bread Some of us, we go in with the intention of praying that but Jesus doesn't just tell us to pray, give us our, today, our daily bread. He does tell us to pray that. But he says, pray this only after you make sure you pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. After that, then you should pray, give us today our daily bread. Okay, why does he do that? Okay, so he's coming to us and he's telling us as if he's giving us some parameters when we actually ask us today. Give us today our daily bread. So basically, he's telling us, this is how you should ask for stuff. Okay? The worst thing God can do is actually tell us to pray for whatever we want to pray for or to give us everything that we actually want. Can you imagine what would happen? Let's say you, found, you finally found Aladdin's lamp and you found genie. Okay? Imagine if the genie's lamp actually gets held by a two-year-old like my son. What do you think would happen in this world, OK? I think every one of us would turn into, like, these days, he loves, like, yogurt. So I think every one of these chairs would probably turn into yogurt. It will be like yogurt land here, OK? <laughs> OK, how about uh, some of our young, younger uh, kids here, our teenagers, like Ellie, or Give It To Sophia. What if we gave Junie to them? Do you think a lot of good decisions? This will be a better place? Right, might be a little bit dangerous, yeah, yeah. In the hands of okay, then how about how about how about how about our um, student um, ministry? How about our college students? Do you guys trust the genie's hand in their hands? Did you? How about you guys? When you guys were teenagers, you guys prayed for the best things, right? You guys always knew what you were doing, yeah. Okay, how about some of you guys who are in you? Okay, fine. Then how about uh, the young adults in here? You're out of college now. You're you're a full adult. You know exactly what you're doing, yeah. Yeah? How about 30s, 40s? Okay? It's interesting, because every every single stage of my life, I always thought I was mature. I always thought I knew exactly what I wanted. But always looking back, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm so glad I didn't have the Aladdin's lamp, because I would have prayed for some dumb stuff. And this world would not actually be a better place. It would be in shambles. Okay? And so it's kind of as if God is saying, It's great that you're asking for stuff. And yet, you need to know that there's parameters behind different things. It's as if he put some fences around. He put some boundaries around the things that we need to actually ask for. Okay? So in light of all of these different things that we talked about before, how should we actually ask God? Okay? Because it is good that we ask. Why? God actually teaches us to ask. Okay? But we need to ask in the right way. Okay, so how do we ask? The first thing, uh, we talked about this already, our father in heaven, okay? So we need to first address and see who we are talking to before we even ask him stuff. We talked about how who you're talking to, it makes a whole lot of difference. Do I ask, do I, when I go to, uh, I don't actually have like a boss, boss really, but let's say I have a boss, I go to the office, Do I go to him and say, give me my daily bread? (laughs) I might, but only what? Only after what? I have worked for him. Only if I have earned it. Then he gives me the paycheck. Okay? So that's the attitude some of us go into when we go into prayer. Some of us, we think this is a, uh, we're talking to our boss. Some of us, we think this is a negotiation. And that's why some of us, we go... God, let me tell you all the stuff I've done for you so far. Let me bring you my resume. Do you know who I am? You need to listen to me. I've been coming to church since I was a little baby. I've been doing all this stuff for you. I've been doing all this stuff. Look how, how, how you see all the Ten Commandments? I've been keeping them. And so we think it's like a business transaction. So we come to God and we say, give me all of these things. I demand it. Why? Because I've earned these things. I'm a good person. Of course you should do these things for me. And the best way to know whether you have this kind of attitude is when God doesn't answer your prayer. When you ask for something and he doesn't answer it, then what is your attitude? For some of us, our attitude is how dare he? How dare he? I did all this stuff for him and you don't do this for me? You can't even do the small thing. I I did this much for you. You can't even do small things like this for me. So we get very bitter towards God. We become very demanding, we become very entitled. Why? It makes sense in a business transaction. I paid my money, I demand the best product. That makes sense in a transactional relationship. But God doesn't say that, right? God says, not my business partner in relationship, I ask thee to give me grant thee my daily bread because I earn these things. But no, what? My Father in Heaven. None of these things I've earned. You're a good God, and you're a father who provides without me earning it, without me having to try so hard. So it's a different kind of attitude when I come. It's not, how dare you not give this to me, I earned this, but rather, wow, you are willing to give me these things? I am grateful. I am humble. I'm thankful because you have provided. You're a good God. You're a good father. That changes the way we ask things, yeah? The second thing that also helps us is the things that we can actually ask for. You see you see, right, right here what it says, give us today our daily bread? It doesn't say weekly bread. It doesn't even say monthly bread. It says daily bread. So what does that tell us? That means we need to pray daily. One of the things which is really opposite from... Human, I think how we measure human maturity and how we measure spiritual maturity is a little bit different. For us, as little kids, like my baby, he's almost 100% dependent on me. And that's fine. Why? Because he's a baby. But if he becomes 20 and he's still 100% dependent on me, what do we say? We say, "Uh uh-oh, there's some issues. There's some developmental issues going on. Like he's still dependent on me. 100% 100% for every, like, I have to, like, spoon feed him. That's not good. We say, oh, he's not mature. He's not developing. Well, does that make sense? So we go, the level of independence that you have in, in how we think of human formation, we go, that is maturity. The more dependent you are, the more mature you are. Does that make sense? However, in Christianity, in, in terms of our relationship with God, it's actually opposite. Because why? Because in our sin, what do we do with God? We go, God, I got this. I don't need you. I got this. I don't need you. I got I know how to provide for myself. I'm gonna take care of myself. I got everything, I know my answer, I got everything planned. So I'm good. And that's how we normally we normally, when we approach God, we have our arms stretched out wide. And we go, okay, you stay six feet apart from me. Okay, and when I need you, then maybe I'll come and get you. But for the most part, I have my arms stretched out. But as you mature in Christianity, then you start to realize there's actually a lot of things that I need God for. And so this actually gets less and less and less and less. And next thing you know, you are actually holding hands or you're, you know, hugging him. You're always with him. Does that make sense? So in Christianity, it's not more independent you can become. Like, God, I got this without you, where you're mature. That actually shows your spiritual immaturity. That you don't get this. The closer you actually say, God, I need you every moment of my life. I thought I was really strong. I thought I I thought I knew everything. Yet I'm starting to realize more and more and more, God, I need to be more dependent on you. There's a lot more things I need to pray for you about. So you actually come to Jesus more. Da- Does that make sense? It becomes a daily thing because you are becoming humble. So there's this process of which you can come to God. You can come to your father daily. Some of us, we don't like this concept because number one is because we like to be very independent. We like to have control over our lives. Or some of us, it's fear. It's what if if I just ask for one thing at a time daily, I'd rather have a month worth because I know I can plan ahead. But for some of us, we come to God and we say, I don't want to do this because I don't want to bother you with these small, minuscule things. Daily bread, it's small. It's nothing. Why should I come to you for even small little tiny things? But God says here, no, you need to start asking for even the smallest things of life. Why? Because those are the important things. So the more you actually mature, the more you get closer to Jesus, the more you see yourself praying for everything. And the best thing, again, because of this father-son, father-daughter relationship, the best thing is who dare wake up, the most important man, let's say like a President of the United States, who dare wake up the President, uh, the president of the United States at 2, p- 2 a.m. in the morning for a cup of water than a little child? Okay, none of us in here. Okay? Only a small child can. Why? Because the father, the mother, the parent is willing to do something like that. It's hard, but yet the parent is still willing. So there's this audacity that the kid has. Not because he's earned it, but because he goes, you are my father. And I know that you're a good father and you're going to provide for me. I'm going to pray for everything. I'm going to bother you. And yet, the father says, you are welcome there. The father doesn't say, oh, get away from me. Stop. Okay, rather, comes to me, come to me. Um, you're embraced by me. I want to provide for you. And that's what Father is saying here in that aspect. Uh, let's go to the second one. Hallowed be your name. This is talking about the greatness of God. All right? So in one element, God is so close to us like a father. And yet, on the other side, other flip of the coin, it's the same coin, other flip, God is so big and God is so vast. And that's what he wants to show us at the same time. There's two things it tells us. It tells us something not to pray for. Okay, Things that we shouldn't be praying for and things we should actually be praying for instead. Okay? If God is this big, there are some of us, because we don't have a big concept of God, we pray for things that we shouldn't be praying for. Okay? We are, some of us, we are in fear of certain things because our concept of God is not very big. And we are in so much fear, and because, we're, because of that, we pray and pray and pray and pray, God, I am in such fear. And even when God says, fear not, I'm with you, fear not. Because God is so small, we continue to pray those things. Some of us, it's this constant worry that we have of what's going to happen in the future or this uns, uh, the uh, instability of my life right now. For some of us, it's guilt. Because we can't forgive ourselves. God is not big enough. God, that small God cannot forgive me. So there are certain things that we pray for where we don't need to pray for if we actually pray, hallowed be your name. We don't need to be in fear. We don't have to be in worry. We don't have to be in guilt or shame over these things. And yet, because we're not praying, hallowed be your name, we're continuing to pry out to God these things. And God is trying to remind us, do you understand how big I am? Do 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 you realize how great I am? Remember that And go in peace because of that And yet Because God is so big Again, going back to my previous point There's a lot more things That we need to actually pray for Okay It becomes moment by moment Realizing, man I thought I was really big And God is really small But I realize, man There's a lot of things in this world That I'm not getting right in my relationships, I really need God. I'm not as loving as I should be, as as uh, truthful as I should be, more patient as I should be. I have a lot of character issues. Okay? So talking to God about those, again, in our minds, small things. Being able to know that He can actually handle those things. So are there some things in your life that you are like, I need to pray for this, I need to pray for this, but you could just realize, oh, if God is this big, then I don't even need to pray for this. But are there some things in your life where you're like, I got this, I don't need God for this? Well, maybe it's because your God, concept of God is so small, you feel like you need to handle it. So are there some things that we need to actually stop praying about and just have faith in? And are there certain things you need to stop having faith in yourself and actually give to? Okay? How we see God Hallowed be your name Our prayers will change Okay, Last section your, will be, uh, your kingdom come Your will be done On earth as it is in heaven This is really important We talked about this last week But you, do you understand What it's actually saying We're basically saying Even before we ask for Give us today our daily bread We're asking for his kingdom And his will first So that means the things that you're asking for, if it's not for His kingdom, and if it's not His will, then it's not going to work. Does that make sense? But a lot of times, we want our kingdom to come. We talked about last week. We want our will to be done. And so therefore, we go, God, I don't care about your kingdom. I don't care about your will. I want my kingdom, my will. So therefore, make these things happen. I want these things to happen. And sometimes we pray like this. But instead, it's acknowledging, hey, there's certain things I really don't need to pray for. Because I know that this is not God's will. This is not what's going to make God's kingdom flourish. I'm just doing this for myself. I don't need to pray those things. Instead, what I need to really pray for is, is this in line? The things that I'm asking for, is this in line with your kingdom? Is this in line with your will? So, uh, I know there's actually a lot of Bible verses where it says, but in the Bible it says, you know, ask for things. Ask for things and I will answer them. Well, you have to understand, those kind of verses, it comes out like this. Oh, it says this. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything, what does it say? According to His will, He will hear us. Okay, he doesn't just say, you ask for whatever and I'll answer your prayer. Huh? It actually says what? Pray according to His will. Then He will answer your prayer. So do you want to get 100% of your prayers answered? I think yes, everybody does, right? We're not praying because we're just saying words, hopefully. But if you want 100% of your prayer, prayers answered, then you need to do this. Pray according to His will, not your will. Then what will happen? Then we know that He hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of Him. See? And this is why it's important that some of you guys are like, well, what are those things? Okay, well, it's important for you to actually read your Bibles then. Right? It's important to know what is God, God up to? Not me building my kingdom here, not me just being happy here, but what is God up to in the whole universe? And how can I partner up with Him and see what He's doing? The best example of everything put together, all of these things that I talked about put together, Jesus actually exemplifies this in the Garden of Gethsemane. Some of you guys don't know, but the story is, this is right before Jesus is going to die. And he knows he's going to die. He, that's why he came. He knows this. He knows this is God's will. He knows that this is even his choice. And yet, the the deep, heavy... Immenseness of human sin And separation from God He's starting to feel that And this is what he does Father, if you are willing Take this cup from me Yet, not my will, but yours be done Okay, I think this this really outlines Everything that we have talked about Okay Number one, what does he say? He says, Father He doesn't say business partner, right? He doesn't come up and say, well, I've done all this stuff for you. Look, I came to this earth. So, hey, I don't deserve any punishment. I don't deserve any suffering. My life should go well now. He doesn't say that. He says, Father, I'm suffering here. This is really, really difficult. So it's a child coming to God and being very, very honest about his emotions. Okay, are you like that? Are you a child who is able to come to a father and express what's going on. Okay, second part. If you are willing, take this cup from me. Some of you guys may say, Oh, Jesus, how dare you pray that? That's the wrong prayer to pray. And that is. He knows it too. And yet, he's praying the deepest desires of his heart. He's trying to be honest. He's saying, God, I know this doesn't align with your will. I know that you're a big God and this doesn't make sense and yet this is the things I am feeling and these are the emotions, these are the thoughts, this is the situation that I am in. So he's able to express himself and express where he's at. Are you guys able to do that? Or do you feel like, oh, I can't say certain things to God. Okay, there's, there's a right prayer and there's a wrong prayer and I need to say it. again. No, prayer is a place. Again, you're coming in front of your father and you're able to express everything. But it doesn't just end there either, right? Because some of us, we end there. We just go, all right, God, I've said everything. I want this. Make it happen. I'm out. No, what does he say at the end? He says, but not yet, not my will, but your will be done. Do you see what he's saying? He's saying, I don't want to die. I don't want this suffering. I don't want these things to happen. I want abort, abort, abort. And yet, at the end of the prayer, he's able to pray, God, your will be done. And I know this is very short, but it actually says, um, when Jesus actually comes back to the disciple, he actually says, you can't stay awake with me for an hour. So that means that his prayer was probably much longer than this. He's not just repeating this over and over Probably he's talking to God And sharing all the burdens that he has And yet at the end he says My will, not my will Yours be done Again, this can only happen If you believe that he's a good father And that he's able And this is how God is inviting us When we come and pray for him Pray to him When we come and we need stuff There's things that we need. There's sticky situations in our relationship or at work. Or my future, I don't see hope. There's so many different situations that we're in. And we need to pray these things. We need to talk to God about these things. And yet at the end, we need to also remember to say, not my will. I've expressed what I have. But at the end, you know exactly what I need. So not my will, your will be done let 's end with this. Jesus or God doesn't answer jesus prayer. okay Jesus says, "I don 't want this to happen i don 't want to die." okay so in that sense, God doesn't answer his prayer okay but why, why does that happen? God doesn't answer Jesus' prayer he's treated not like a son, but God doesn't give him. What the, his son needs. Why is that? It's because Jesus has taken our sin. He has taken our place instead. Listen, we have to understand, I know there's a lot of times we come to God and we, we, we are very disappointed at God. But you need to ask this question, why should God even answer your prayer? Why should God answer your prayer? Is he your dog? Are you tell him, go left, he goes left. Why should God answer your prayer? There's no reason whatsoever. Okay, again, if God is who we say God is, like he's really big and he created all of it, why should he answer a prayer? There's no reason why he should answer our prayer. Do you, understand? Do we, do you we have to understand that because it's so easy to come in with entitlement. And yet, we see that he's still telling us, give us today our daily bread. Why is that? Because Jesus was treated like a sinner. So that why? All of us, every single one of us in here, through Jesus, we could be treated like God's son. Do you see that? Yes, we talk about this in in the Christian world. We talk about, yes, Jesus died for our sin, Jesus died for our sin. Absolutely true. But that equally means that all of us, if we believe in Jesus, then we could be treated like God's sons. He deserves punishment, we deserve all the rewards that Jesus deserves then. And that means we can boldly come in front of God. Not because of anything that we have done. But because of what Jesus has done. We can come boldly in front of him as his son, as his daughters. And with, with audacity, all the things we talked about. We come, not as a business partner, but because of what Jesus has done, we come to him as a father. And we know that he's a father who gives us good gifts. And we can be a child who has audacity to pray these things. Not out of guilt, not out of shame, but out of boldness, because of what Jesus has done. And we can pray more about certain things, and we need to pray less about certain things. And we need to pray for we need to pray our desires, and yet we also pray for God's will as well. I know that I, I talked about a lot of things here. I usually don't like to talk about a lot of things, but I had to. Because, again, we have to set correct parameters around our request. But the most important thing, and I, pr- I, this, I hope your prayer is, God, these are the things I want. These are the things I need. Yet, your will be done. I hope this is our prayer this week. Knowing that Jesus, his answer was in prayer. Why? So that our answers can actually be heard. Knowing that God was treated as sinner, so that we can be treated as his sons and daughters. Let's go into time of reflection and boldly come in front of God as our Father and boldly ask him what we need and for his will.